Somebody made a joke about Christopher Brooks obviously coming to BYU from Cal and saying, look, yes. the, the 7,000 people that were there, that's more fans that he's played in front of for a home game, you know, ever. <laughs> and then he liked it. I, lo- I love that he best. quote tweeted that thing and said, LOL, true. <laughs> this is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. We have prepared for you some of our favorite interviews from last night, and we're going to put them back to back to back to back to back. Okay, five interviews that are all fantastic, starting with BYU quarterback Jaron Hall, followed by Puka Nakua, Kalani Satake's halftime interview, the very, very funny and unforgettable moment with Devon Blackman, and then David Nixon, who lost his voice like five minutes into the game. He sounds like, as you pointed out, Jason, Jeff Judkins. Coach Judkins, doing a little impersonation. <laughs> I like it. Okay, back to back to back to back to back, Jaron Hall. Puka Nakua, Kalani Satake, Devon Blackman, and David Nixon. Here are our favorite moments and interviews from the alumni game. All right, Jaron, what's this like for you to watch this uh, alumni game here? My heart's pounding. I got the butterflies, the, the sound of the announcer, the band. It's, uh, it's like it's game night. It's a lot of fans. It's fun. See these guys out here doing their thing again, smiling like little kids. Good time. Of course, you liked watching your dad, I assume, but who else did you grow up watching for BYU? Yeah, I mean, Max Hall and his era, that was like prime time when I was invested in BYU football watching. So seeing him out here again, seeing the Hall name, it's pretty cool. You know, that's what I remember, the, the peak of BYU football in my life, at least when I would watch. And so it's pretty cool to see some of those guys from that era playing again. Here with Jaron Hall, BYU quarterback. So, yes, I am. So, uh... When it comes to this game and spring ball ending and all that, what was it like to have them at practice today? It was pretty amazing, honestly. You know, it, it didn't make you nervous, but it made you excited. You know, want to go play a little better, show the guys that have been through here that the type of work that you're putting in as a team, that you're carrying on their legacy and doing good things. So it's fun to have them around to talk to a couple of them and you know, just see them, how they're still invested in this program and how much it means to them. We need to see your dad out here a little more, I think, on the field, right? Has he had the amount of snaps you were hoping for? Uh, yeah a couple more than I hope. My mom said he's locked out of the house and even steps on the field, so he might be sleeping in my place tonight. How did spring ball go for you? Because you were coming back from an injury with your foot. Are you healed up? How are you feeling? I feel really good. Spring ball was fun. It was a good time to just get back and play again with the guys. And so, you know, glad that we have, you know, we came out of spring ball really healthy this year and had everyone feeling good, so we're looking forward to, to summer workouts. Okay, thanks, Jared. Thanks. Puka, what in the world do you expect to happen on this field tonight? Um, I'm excited for it. It's going to be cool. I just got here. I'm excited to see what these guys got. I know Kobe's out here. Uh, he trains with some. He, I've seen him train, so I know he's got some speed. But I know Mitch. Mitch, I saw he came into the training room earlier, and he was talking about he's ready to go. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I'm Team Royal. I let everybody know on my Instagram this morning. I'm Team Royal, so that's, that's who I'm going for. <laughs> Coach Kalani's on that team, so I had to root for him. <laughs> That was a political move on your part to choose Team Royal. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, this morning. I, I was betting on them this morning, and I know uh, Jack won them won't let me down. 
What do you expect from Jack DeMooney specifically? Uh, hashtag, I'm ready to see it. He's, told, he's always talked the three era. They got their squad, so I'm excited to see it. It'll be funny. <laughs> What's the feeling of all of the current guys right now As when you first heard about this game and what you're feeling right now right before the kickoff? Uh, I'm excited. I actually got to see Tom Holm over there. Everybody was coming out of the locker room, so I'm excited to see what these guys got and see everybody move it. Uh, it'll be pretty interesting. What does this event mean to BYU football as a whole, do you think? Uh, it's pretty cool. This is the first one I've ever been a part of. Uh, I've never done spring ball before, so this is all new to me. So this is how I'm first experiencing it. And to see everybody here, now that I've kind of got a look up to glance, I really just got here. I came out from eating. <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool to see that everybody's coming out to watch. I'm excited. <laughs> cool. And we get to see everybody after, so we'll be posted up for the whole time. I know my mom and my brothers are here, so I need to find them. Actually, I haven't even seen them yet, so... <laughs> I got to see what's going on. <laughs> you got a few coaches out here. Which of your coaches do you expect to ball out tonight? Coach Lamb. I'm excited to see Coach Lamb move. Uh, we got Preston and KG. KG, KG. I'm excited to see KG move. I'm expecting big things from KG, but I'm still expecting Team uh, Team Royal. All right, Puka, we'll finish with this. How would you sum up spring ball as a whole for the guys that are actually going to play in the fall? Uh, uh, it'll be exciting. Uh, we moved good and efficiently keep everybody healthy. Uh, it was fun. Just uh, uh, tighten up the things and get a better groove of what we're planning to do in the fall and just to engage more in our football our football camaraderie, but then excited to go into the summertime of just being able to hang out, relax with the boys, and kick back and play a little like backyard football and get back to how the things used to be and just uh, enjoy the things that are getting ready to happen in the fall. Whatever you do, do not take it easy on these guys tonight if they make a mistake. Exactly, no chance. I'm taking notes. We're going to be watching film when we get back on Monday. Like, I, we got one more day before they head out. I'm like, all right, it's time to get to work. <laughs> Thanks, Puka. Yeah, anytime. All right, Coach. We just you were you were superseded by your quarterback, Jaron Hall, doing an interview. Are you cool with that? Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, Jaron's got the face for TV. I got the face for radio. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the first half overall? It just seemed like the last two minutes wouldn't end, you know. But um, the guys are having a lot of fun. I'm back here listening to the, the all the alumni tell me that they're going to be so much better next year and that they're they plan to have these ideas of going no huddle, going fast. And I mean, I just it's good to have all of them back here and on this. Uh, on this grass, you know, I, I think it's just uh, just good to see everybody back here. It didn't, doesn't matter whether you played for Coach Edwards, Coach Croton, or, or Coach Mendenhall, or myself. It's good to have everyone back there. We're all part of the family, and it's it's been nice seeing all the all the familiar faces that we've seen make a lot of plays on this on this field here. We've heard a lot of the players talk about uh, the closed door meeting, if you will, with all the alumni and, and how emotional and how fun it was to be part of that. How would you summarize that meeting today and what it meant to the future of BYU football? Well, I think um, I've been I've been there, you know, where, where as a former player, no one gives you a playbook on what to do afterwards. And and uh, it could be a little awkward at times. And so um, I thought it'd be good for me to just let them know that this is home for them. We want them back here. We want them involved in all of what we do, our team, mentoring our players. Uh, we have a great retention rate of, of recruits when they come on a visit here because of our players. But imagine all the thousands of former players that are out there that could be uh, a testimony to what this place is all about and their living testimony of it. So trying to get them more involved in recruiting and, and just want to collaborate with them. I mean, they're, they're brilliant young men and, and some of us old men, you know, but... Um, <laughs> I just know that they belong here, and it's good to have them on campus. There's something about BYU that, that kind of reminds them of, of what they used to be like when going from that transition from a young man to an adult.
Several of your former teammates, when you were a player, are out there making plays. What would it take to get you on the field for at least one snap? Hey, listen, <laughs> I don't have the, the, the stamina to do that right now. But like everybody is promising, maybe next year we'll give it a shot. But uh, I, right now I'm injured reserve at quarterback. I will replace any time the second string and the first string str stringers can't go. So I'm a third stringer on both sides. Fair enough. And uh, you mentioned next year. Is this going to be an annual thing as we push forward? I'd like to do it every year. I like. I mean, look how many people here are here to watch uh, the former great players that, that uh, spilt their blood, sweat, and tears onto this field. And uh, I just couldn't thank our, our fans um, enough about showing their appreciation to our players. I think it's a great way to show a tribute to our guys. They, they feel the love. And I think they, they're, the competition is still high, so these guys are excited to, to perform better next year. It feels like a celebration for real, and I know that your current guys are, are really soaking this in. They're watching their coaches and, and a lot of their mentors play. Uh, how would you summarize spring ball overall as you push forward to the 2022 campaign? Really positive. I mean, we had a couple of injuries that hurt, but uh, for, for the most part, I like our team and, and like the, the way that they're they're progressing. Uh, we're going to go into the offseason with a lot of excitement and uh, a lot of momentum. Uh, looking forward to seeing these guys, what they can do in the offseason. What are you expecting from your team coming off back-to-back double-digit win seasons? Man, let's just play, have fun, show our appreciation for what we get to do here at BYU and enjoy as much as possible. That's what it's going to come down to. I think our guys do a great job of showing gratitude for, for the people that sacrificed for them to be here, and uh, they definitely love the fans. I just want to uh, give the fans what they deserve. That. Fair enough. I've had a few people ask me about your jacket. Quote, unquote, the kids call it that. They say, That's, that jacket is fire, Kalani. Okay. Well, it's, it's not because I'm wearing it. I, I'm wearing it to try to look a little bit more slim. Uh, I, and it's a little cold, so I'm just trying to do my best here to, to look right. So. Well, congratulations on a great event. Yeah. And uh, we wish you uh, and the royal blue side uh, the best of luck in the second half. Thank you. Go Cougs. Love you guys. Devon. Walk us through that touchdown play, man. What was happening in your mind? Hey, I just want everybody to know this guy's first touchdown was from Max Hall. Okay. Hey, nice job, kid. Devon's, that's a great point. First BYU touchdown from Max Hall. Yeah, let's. What about what happened on your first touchdown as a BYU Cougar from Max Hall? You know what, man? It's been a long time coming. It's been about six years. Give me one second. I needed that. Okay, sorry, Cougar Nation. It's been about six years, but, you know, I just kept fighting, kept grinding. You know, I was able to get the touchdown. That's how it works out. Thank you, Max Hall. Thank you, Kalani. Thank you, Jack, for setting this up. We're going to Disneyland. Yeah. Hey, everybody knows it. That was really a touchdown against Boise State, wasn't it? Oh, big play from 11. He's going. He's going. He almost got, had it. He almost had it. We all know we, we all know that you caught that pass against Boise State, and that was not pass interference. That was a touchdown, right? Absolutely. Dante Dion knows it. Boise State knows it. One-handed, they know, man. I had to do that. I had to do that. So that was the makeup touchdown. Like I said, I appreciate BYU. I appreciate y'all coming out. I'm like 7-Eleven, baby. My mouth always open, and I'm always open. You know how it go. Tavon <laughs> <laughs> Blackman, congratulations, man. Good to have it. you here. Guys, good luck following that up. How's the voice, Dave? So... <laughs> I was trying to communicate with my guys. I yelled a little too loud. 
And as you can tell, it's absolutely gone. So, so far, so good. Now I just, I don't even say anything. I just go out there and run around. <laughs> How would you rate your performance and that of Brian Logan, who just showed up? So, so Brian caught a cramp earlier. We had to get cramping. some pickle juice. Still cramping, man. Uh, you know, I've done some good drops. Opened up the hips, got him going, but uh, we was in lockdown, man. Look, look, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna say this, man. AFR, AFR, you, you, you seen AFR? Go back and watch the film, Uncle B, watch the film. You'll see AFR every Tuesday, right? And you'll see, you, you'll see the chemistry, man. We ain't even played together, but you see the chemistry. You see the chemistry. We're out there making checks. We making checks. We just look at each other, and boom, we get each other. You know what I'm saying? Because of AFR. We, because of AFR. It's because of AFR. That's that's what it is. I love you. Yeah. I love you too. <laughs> so it's, it's it's 19 to seven, Team Royal locking it down. I I mean, it's not much of a competition. Okay. So did you anticipate this happening when you showed up wearing navy tonight? Uh, yeah. And you know, you look at the rosters, and you pretty much figure this is going to be over in the first half. It's a close game. They're driving the ball, but honestly, Team Royal should put it. Well, Team Navy should put it away over Team Royal here pretty soon. Okay, so what do we got to do to get you on offense, man? Well, the thing is, they need more reps. I mean, these hands might be the best hands in all of uh, Pro Bowl right now, but you want other guys to get reps. So, uh, no, listen, I got to save my game for the golf game. I got around tomorrow. I'm kind of laying low right now. I'll be here on the sideline with you. Just, I'm just laying low. <laughs> He's lots of, he, this isn't new to us. This happens every game that we watch together <laughs> during the voice. He loses his voice every game. This is totally normal. Very careful. It's gone, so it doesn't matter. And I'll just yell as much as I want. David Nixon, the one and only. After further review, apparently it matters, guys. And that, that wasn't even everything. Okay, I mean, those five interviews were fantastic, but that if you haven't watched the alumni game, it's available on demand on the BYU TV app, all for free 99. Go watch it. Enjoy it. I guarantee you will finish that broadcast feeling happier about life. Let me tell you, Devon Blackman, he's great, but I feel closer to him as somebody who also has to use an inhaler occasionally. <laughs> I, can, I can certainly – I had that stupid inhaler since I was about three years old because of asthma. I, I can relate. Now, I was not out running, but that was great. I Devon that needed moment. the shot of, what is it, albuterol? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to open up those lungs. Make sure you get the airways going. Yeah. David Nixon sounds like Jeff Judkins when he loses his voice. <laughs> really fun. Uh, if you couldn't tell, they had a great time. I love that David said, look, we're going to run away with this thing. Navy will lock it up early. Royal takes the lead with eight seconds. Yeah. I looked at David. They were all sweating. They were like, oh, my gosh. Well, who wouldn't be sweating with eight seconds to go? We can't lose to Team Royal after leading the whole game, and then they ended up winning. So, ultimately, David was right. It just was a lot more intense than uh, many of the Navy team members thought it was going they to be. They were just going for a little, uh, little showmanship at the end, right? <laughs> all for the product. It's like, you know what? Let's just make them think that they've got this, and then we're going to win it at the it's end. It's rigged. Yeah. It's rigged. It was meant to be this way. No, it wasn't. No, it was not rigged. Both of those teams wanted to win. You better believe it. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Okay, New Orleans Saints new head coach, Dennis Allen, told the media Tuesday, as Dave just mentioned, in Florida at some NFL meetings. I didn't see uh, Andy Reid in the uh, Hawaiian shirt, by the way. Did I miss that? Did that not happen? 
That it, normally happens. He wasn't there if he wasn't in a home Okay, line, sure. okay, yeah, he wasn't there then. That Taysom Hill will focus on playing tight end this year. While it doesn't mean Hill won't play any quarterback, it seems like it's a change from what Sean Payton was doing the last couple of years with Taysom Hill. So, Dave, does this mean Taysom's days as a starting quarterback in the NFL are over? I don't think so, but it, it does mean that it's, it's not going to happen this fall. The Saints signed uh, Jameis Winston to two years. Uh, they're going to pay him at least $21 million. Taysom's contract's four years. Uh, anywhere between 40 and $95 million, but that depends on the position he plays. So they're saving a lot of money right off the bat if he's not a quarterback. Uh, but they've also got it written in there for in the event that he does. Um, it takes him 7-2 and two as a starter since 2020 uh, in the NFL. Um, it's not because he can't win games. I think it's because, one, uh, I saw him in a boot playing golf the other day. And he was at pro day walking around without the boot, but he's not healthy yet from his Liz Frank injury. Winston's coming off an ACL, so he's not terribly healthy either. And they went after Deshaun Watson and didn't get him. So I don't think the Saints know what they're going to do at quarterback. But I do think that they do know that he can play tight end, he can play running back, he can play receiver, and he can play quarterback, and he can play special teams and kickoff returner. And they're paying him to be a football player. So I think at this point, Taysom wants to be a quarterback, but he's getting paid to play a f- football, and I think he's probably okay with that. Would we know Taysom Hill as Taysom Hill in the NFL if he wasn't the gadget guy? I, I, I don't know. America uh, wouldn't. We would right? know because he's would our know. friend. But I America mean, like, would have no idea who he is. Absolutely. I think uh, we undervalue sort of the uniqueness of him. I, I'm going to say something crazy here. If he continues at this clip and is this unique and, and can do this at a really high level, he's got a chance at the Hall of Fame in that area of being so unique. He has no shot at the Hall of Fame as a quarterback. No shot. But um, as, a, as a gadget guy, yes. Ta- let, let's not undervalue what he brings to a team, right? If he didn't say, yes, I will do non-quarterback things, he might not even be in the NFL right now. But he's a tremendous athlete, tremendous dude. We all love him. He's one of the all-time greats here. Um, I'm not sure he'll start another game in the NFL at quarterback because stepdad Sean Payton really <laughs> liked him. Yeah. Now mom's dating someone else, and he doesn't feel the same way, we, which is, uh, you know, whatever. Um, whatever Dennis Allen wants to do with Taysom Hill, he can do. He's going to get paid. He's going to be on the team. He's going to be an important piece. But of remember, that team. he wasn't the starter last year either. Winston was six and two, and then he got hurt. And right. then Taysom came in. So maybe an injury will open the door. Right. And maybe, yes, maybe that's the way. I'm just wondering if, uh, you know, if the Saints don't want him for the, as a quarterback, will someone else? Sean Payton feels like he was the linchpin of, yes, you're a quarterback that also plays other positions. Because he feels like he's a gadget guy who also plays quarterback. Yeah. Just depends on how the head coach views you. When, when uh, Payton comes back as a head coach, whether it's at the Cowboys next year or whatever, Let's see what he does. And if he brings Taysom over, that means he wants a guy who can play eight positions and he knows how to do it. Uh, One thing that we've learned with the Saints is when Taysom isn't healthy, they don't win. When he's playing all his positions, think about uh, they're they're on their march to the Super Bowl and he gets hurt against the Bears and and then they lose. He does just enough to help them win. Now, he doesn't go out and score the five touchdowns. Drew Brees was spectacular. But when the Saints were cruising along, they had the, uh, you know, the, the, the jack of all trades in there, and it didn't necessarily mean he was a quarterback. It just meant he could be a quarterback. 
and that freaks defenses out. Yes, the option of just bringing him in yeah. uh, is so unique, right? Like, I, most teams wish they had a Taysom Hill. Like, Tim Tebow wishes he was Taysom Hill. You know what I mean? Like, Tebow had an unbelievable run in the playoffs that, that Taysom, you know, did not. But I'm talking about the ability to have some longevity in the league. Like, who would have thought in 2014 when we last saw, you know, uh, Taysom Hill in Lovett Edwards Stadium, 2015 he plays at Nebraska, gets hurt. 2016 he plays most of that year. That this guy would be who he is in the NFL. Like, he's very polarizing. People either love or hate what happens here, but there's nobody in the history of the NFL like Taysom Hill at this position. It's really unique. And I think the people that don't like him are the people that get beat by him and that he's <laughs> such a nice guy. And sure. you know what? People have a hard time. Yeah. They like the, the bad guys. They have a hard time going, uh, you know, for example, Tebow. You know, Tebow's a nice guy, and they just can't stand it. Uh, Taysom's a nice guy, too. He's a little more reserved than Tebow with, with some of his personal things. But uh, I, I think uh, Taysom is a great example of a, of a kid who, who grew up, went on a mission, came home, went to college, um, fought through all kinds of injury, and shows that you can still become a multimillionaire in the NFL forever, however long, whether it's four more years or one more year or even if he retired today. Yeah. And, uh, and I just think that, that is kind of a breakthrough for a return missionary quarterback in the NFL. To be a five-year college guy, to fight through all these injuries, yeah, the taste mill To stories. be so old and, and take that old number and yes. go, yeah, I am 31 and I'm running over you. And does it mean, you know, he can play as a starting NFL quarterback at the highest level? You know, that's tough for anybody. Zach Wilson's fighting for that after yeah. three years at BYU and no mission. But, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll see what it means. Hopefully he still gets a shot at quarterback. But Zach's road, remember, Zach's road went in differently. He went in with all the money. Taysom went into Green Bay's camp to try and earn a spot on the roster. And look what he's done. Had to fight for it, And yeah. so, yeah, this is a great story. Yeah. All right, our second big topic today. Separation can be difficult. We know that. It can also be awesome. Quarterback Jacob Conover is the incumbent backup with Baylor Romney uh, going pro with Adobe. And we wish him the best. He's off to a great season. Uh, offensive coordinator Aaron <laughs> Roderick says Conover is the number two guy right now been here long enough that it's starting to show that he knows what he's doing you know um, he's had in his overall time here a few more reps maybe than Sol J and Cade have so it just kind of comes with playing uh, just the games seem to be uh, slowing down a little bit for him and um, he's a talented guy since 2010, BYU's had two seasons where the starter went the distance, 2013 with Taysom and 2020 with Zach, uh, meaning the backup starts a game or more. I talked to Gunnar Romney about uh, Conover, his high school quarterback, and he thinks he, they'll be just fine. But, Jeremy, let me ask you, how comfortable are you with Conover if he ends up starting some games this fall? I love the idea of Jacob Conover, uh, but certainly we've only seen a half from him. Um, and it was a lot of handing off to Tyler Ogier, which it should have been. Uh, there were a few passes, a few three and outs, and then Aaron Roderick said, oh, let's go back to what's going to get yeah. us a win here. Um, yeah, Conover certainly needs uh, time on the offense. He spent the fall of 2020 uh, on the scout squad where Kalani Sataki said, hey, we have a spot for you, but I don't have a scholarship. And he said, are you cool if I take the starting job? Uh, <laughs> that was Zach Wilson's, <laughs> yeah. right? But I love the confidence. He's, uh, Jacob told us last summer um, on Media Day when there was a, a quarterback battle that 
hey, I've been trying to fight the upperclassmen for the starting job my whole career. I did that in high school, and I'm going to do it here. I think that was a valuable time in 2020. I think last year was valuable for him to be the third string and see two upperclassmen go through the ring there. And now it's his time to be the backup. Certainly we hope we don't see him much, which means Jaron Hall was healthy. But the reality with a quarterback in college and Jaron Hall so far is that there will be a game or two or more, who knows, hopefully fewer than more, uh, that where Jacob Conover starts a game. I think it depends what game, how comfortable I yeah. am. I, I don't think anyone should ever be comfortable with the, with the backup. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you go on a cruise to, to sail on the big ship. You don't care about the lifeboats. Are you okay if the primary pilot of this <laughs> boat is off? And but it's look, a, the other guy is going to be really – if this plane's going good. down, he can yeah. – uh, maybe that one's a little more uh, – but think about uh, when Ty Detmer came in. He was the backup to Sean Covey. He came in against Wyoming and threw five picks. And we're just like, you've got to be kidding me. This is, this is, and then, uh, and then, and then you fast forward or even go back further. I remember McMahon was hurt and Steve Young comes in and throws a couple picks. He's running around. He's a left-hander. He takes off out of the pocket too soon. Doesn't wait for his, and all of a sudden you're like, this is it. We're dead. If we're dead, if something happens to McMahon, um, but when when they have their time and their moment, it just seems to be the right guy at the right time moving forward. And, and if it's not the right guy, then the team really struggles. And we've got some seasons of that. But um, we've been fortunate uh, to have Baylor Romney uh, as a completely, are you kidding me? Our backup at times was better than our starter. Um, but that but that's over. And now we're 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 with Jaron Hall, an elite quarterback. Um, and then and then we got a sophomore and a freshman, which I think is probably like most programs. Uh, these guys have a lot of potential, and but but should we be comfortable? No, we're comfortable with the main guy. That's why he is the main guy. We can get comfortable with these guys, um, and we and we hope we we don't have to see him too soon. It depends what game I think for me. Yeah. Um, you know, if he's thrown in against Baylor, the Big Twelve champs, that's a tough ask at Oregon. Notre Dame, Arkansas, those games are tougher. Yet we've seen Baylor Romney as the third string in 2019 comes in, beats number 14, Boy State, changes the direction of the program as the third string. So maybe what Jacob needs is an opportunity. That's what backups seek, but we'll see. And the supporting cast around whoever it's going to be is phenomenal it's this really year. really good on offense. And so yeah. maybe it won't be as noticeable as, right. as we might think. If Christopher Brooks is good, if the O-line is great, if the receivers are really good to great. And by the way, you used the E-word with Jaron Hall. I'd like to discuss that another time at length. I think, I think he's on the cusp. I got it from his offensive coordinator, so it just stuck with me. That's Aaron, what he believes. I, I want Aaron to believe he's yeah, in absolutely. the E-word. Yeah, <laughs> I don't use it in vain. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. With Tyler Algier off to the NFL, BYU turned to the transfer portal for an impact replacement in the form of Cal transfer Christopher Brooks. Jason Shepard begins with a look at spring ball with the bear-turned-cougar. 
take me through how uh, the last couple of weeks have been. I know we're starting to get towards the end of spring practices. How has it gone maybe overall first and then specifically with you? Uh, overall, it's been smooth. You know, this offense is sma- fast. You know, they play smash mouth football. You know, everybody's quick. The line gets off the ball. So, overall, you know, it's been productive. Uh, me personally, you know, I've just been trying to um, work each and every day to just build on and, you know, make a new mistake, you know, never make the same mistake over and over, you know, and just build on what I did and stack the days. And so that's really how I've been. You know, I've just been stacking the days and just improving, you know, each on. How comfortable do you feel in this offense already? And, and, and at what point did it become maybe a little more instinctual than trying to think about it all the time? Um, I feel pretty comfortable right now, you know, just like all the other guys who've been here. You know, at the point it came instinctual would probably be about week two, week two-ish, because we did PRPs, you know, we prepared for this. And so the coaches did a great job in preparing me, and so I feel pretty comfortable. What's been the feedback you've received from coaches and teammates? Because obviously everybody's excited to have you in the fold. They know what you bring to the table. What kind of feedback have you gotten? Uh, I haven't really gotten any feedback, really. I mean, just keep on playing hard, keep on just playing fast. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to like fu- fully show uh, what I got until, you know, we play tackle. But, you know, uh, everybody just been saying, you know, keep playing fast, keep playing physical. So take me through what uh, the running back room is like when you guys get together, not just on the field, but off the field when you're together. What's the room like? Uh, me and Miles are for sure the jokesters. Uh, Cheese uh, is more like the adult type, peeny, uh, old head. Uh, old head? Old head. So he's like the old head of the room. Uh, Austin Bell and Bo, they're kind of like the two brothers. Uh, the youngins, and then Mason, he's kind of just, uh, he's a own uh, very funny, you know, very soft guy. Uh, who am I missing? Folau, he's the demigod. So he's the one who, like, if you look at him, he takes his shirt off. He probably looks stronger than The Rock. He probably benches, like, the most in the nation. Uh, and, yeah, I think it hit everybody. So do you guys hang out as a group? off the field or do you guys kind of have your own little clicks like who do you hang out with when you're not on the when you're not on the field um well I live with Houston so I'm usually you know just doing things with him but uh the guys will come over to my house all the time because I live in a pretty big house and we'll all just like hang out you know and just eat some dinner what else do you guys do what do you do when you try to relax and get away from football uh I'll probably watch some tv uh I like to bowl um, what else do I like? I like to eat food. Uh, Favorite food is what? Orange chicken and rice. I've been trying to eat healthier, you know, so, I mean, orange chicken and rice is, like, super good. That's been my favorite for a long time. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Have you, to this point, accomplished, or are you at the point where you wanted to be after joining the program? I am. I am. But I think that there's a lot of money left on the table. And I think that with each and every day, you know, there's something to build on and just to get better, take it day by day. What's this offensive line like to run behind? Give everybody an idea, because this has been a strength and it's been building year after year. This offensive line, what's it like right now? Probably the best in the country. Yeah. Yeah, probably the best in the country. This offensive line, yeah, they're freaky. They're freaky good. Yeah, that's all the people. They want to know something. Yeah, just uh, let them know that. That's what they need to know. Yeah, they're freaky good. They're fast. They're physical and athletic. 
the offense in general, you know, we know how prolific the offense can be. You've seen it over the last couple of years under Coach Roderick. What are your own expectations for what the offense can be this year? Uh, my own expectations just to be selfless, uh, to make every block and make sure that the other 10 guys um, can play fast and that I can just do my part. Uh, one of 11, you know, that's my expectation. I know you've talked about, you know, feeling pretty comfortable here. Um, what has your overall experience been here at BYU in Provo and, you know, just over the last couple of months? Uh, it's been a great experience. You know, I think that this place has made me better as a man and as an athlete. And I think that overall it's positive, you know, and I love it here. What was it that actually brought you here in terms of what what piqued your interest because I, I know that you had been here in 2018 when Cal came in I don't you didn't play in that game but but I but I know that you you were here so you've seen this but certainly not to this level what piqued your interest I say the philosophy you know each program has their own philosophy and the way they do things and here's just the best fit for me and how I am how excited are you for uh for August uh, when fall camp starts and then ultimately game one Oh, pretty excited, pretty excited. But, you know, it all starts out here day by day. Yeah. Look at that. See, he's, al- he's already ready. Look, and you look good, too. You, you said you, just in case your future wife may be watching, there you go. Hey, thank you. My future wife, you're out there. Hey, please come to me now. You know, I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> he's waiting. <laughs> he's come to the right place. <laughs> he's, he's ready to have a breakout year, Dave. Um, with this O-line, and Aaron Roderick is a really good offense play caller. This, this could be – do you expect 1,000 yards from him? Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah. And he's got to stay healthy to get there, but uh, sure. but look what's around him. It's just tailor-made for – and every receiver wants him to get 1,000 yards because it means less guys defending them down the field. Uh, I was over at practice the other night listening to him talk smack with everybody, and I'm going, this isn't a guy that's just joined this program. This is a guy that's been here forever. He has settled in. They love this guy, and um, they're going to block for him. And and uh, I, I, I think the, the – um, I asked Tyler Algier about him, and he gave him a thumbs up. He goes, this guy's a baller. He's going to be great. Fantastic. And that's the guy he's trying to replace. And we, Algier is uh, awesome, and right now he's the number one name atop the single-season rushing record at BYU. But this guy uh, is going to make some inroads where midway through the season we might be going, let's see, um, he might be as good as Algier. That that could be awesome yeah. because the reason BYU wins 10 games last year, the number one reason to me is because Tyler Algier and the O-line are incredible. Right, and even a couple of games they lost, he still ran for 200 yards. Right. Yeah. Like he, the bowl game. He gave BYU a couple wins where maybe they wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Utah State and Washington State come to mind where in the second half you needed Algier to be amazing, and he was. 191 yards at Washington State, two touchdowns. And I can't remember, but I think it was like 34 carries. And Yes, it was a really he, high number. And yes. he could have kept going. You know, it was he, he. I remember you. Remember he got that first down to end the game, and he just laid on his back and threw his hands out like, like "I gave you everything I had." I'm so tired. This game is over. Yeah. But uh, but you know, if they needed a few more yards, he has a machine. And uh, for a walk on, one of the greatest stories in the history of BYU football. So good. Yeah. Ziggy's probably number one. Tyler's way up there too. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. 
Bleacher Report released their way-too-early college football upset picks for 2022, and they listed BYU beating Baylor as one of their longest-shots upset picks. Would BYU beating Baylor here in Provo be a long-shot upset? I don't know that it's a long shot. Certainly beating a Power 5 champ. Uh, you know, BYU did that against Utah last year, so it's not that difficult. But, uh, yeah, at home, I think that's going to be fun because BYU, I think, is going to be a top 25 team yeah. itself in that game. I think, we, I think we expect BYU to win that game in a tight one. In our super-biased opinion, absolutely. <laughs> Saturday Blitz. BYU TV, right? SaturdayBlitz.com released an article with the headline, Jaron Hall may be the best quarterback no one's talking about. Is he? Well, Aaron Roderick's talking about it. Other people aren't. And he believes, and he told me, that he believes that Jaron will be the talk of the country this coming football season mm. and um, and is an elite quarterback. And that's there's, the offensive coordinator. There's the E-word. Now, he says that on camera and he says it off camera so you know yeah. it's legit. Yeah. Uh, whereas sometimes he'll say, yeah, 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 and it's like, okay, I've got to get this thing. No, he's all in on Jaron Hall. And every player I've talked to at camp, every receiver and running back can say, Hall is so good now and so ready for the season. There weren't a lot of moments, hardly anywhere, where we were like, hey, I don't know. He was fantastic. Decision-making, amazing. 20 picks, five touchdowns. Or, excuse me, 20 touchdowns, five picks. Big difference. Stay healthy. Uh, have a good time. PFF said uh, 18th best offensive rating in the country. Oh, that's amazing. That tells me a lot right there. They also tweeted out six college wide receivers who are dark horse stars for 2022. Puka Nakua is on the list. Okay. Will Puka be the best draft prospect for BYU at this time next year? It's a good question. If Jaron Hall truly is elite, it'll be Jaron Hall. Uh, but it might be Peyton Wilgar. It might be Blake Freeland. Blake Freeland's the off-the-radar guy who could be a uh, big-time draft pick next year. So we'll see. Kingsley Suomata'iwa, you know, a year after yeah. that. He's got to be in school three. The top two projected picks for this year's draft are linemen. A defensive lineman and an offensive lineman. That's who got teams need. So I think it'll be an, an offensive lineman. But among the nation's elite receivers, who can a cool be there? 100%. I expect a thousand yard year. Yeah. I expect a huge year from him. BYU announced the rosters for the alumni game Thursday on the BYU TV app. Head coach Kalani Stake is on the Royal team. Are they <laughs> obligated to try and get him a touchdown? I think it'll be a screen pass in the end zone with nobody around him so that he can catch it and spike it. You know who's on the roster? James Dye. Playing for the Royal team. That's fun. And if there's a punt, you know the saying, you punt, punt you, die. you die. That could happen Thursday night. It's so. James Antrek, which is super fun. That's uh, must see Jamal TV. Willis is there. Uh, Spencer Need. I mean, Aaron Roderick himself at wide receiver is going to dial up a play for himself. I, I'm excited. Uh, yes, they are obligated to get Rob Freight, Train Morris. Have they convinced Rob you can't hit no, anybody? I see Rob on there. Yeah, will we hear a, a freight train it's whistle? Touch, Rob. It's he's gonna do. He's gonna get a pick six and do a snow angel <laughs> in the end zone and get a penalty. I still have one of those wooden whistles around. Oh, I have absolutely. To ring that. That's gonna be good. Speaking of the alumni rosters, uh, defensive coach Preston Hadley apparently left off the roster with the initial announcement, and so he decommitted for the alumni game, and then he <laughs> recommitted shortly thereafter. So, is he playing with an extra chip on his shoulder? Yes. Look at this. this plenty, is, these are his posts. Plenty of Doritos will be sitting there uh, <laughs> on his labrum. Yes, absolutely. He will be playing with the chip on his shoulder. That's going to be fun. <laughs> I saw that last night. I was like, what's going on here? 
Fiore's been blessed with amazing coaches in multiple sports for 20-plus years, namely Jeff Judkins with women's hoops, Jennifer Rockwood with women's soccer. Judkins confirmed to us this morning that he's back next year. Yep. How many more years will we see these coaches around? I don't know. We're playing with house money. Seriously. Uh, and, and throw Gordon Eakin's name in there, too, with 20th year in softball. Um, BYU is in a unique place. They've got veteran coaches dealing with young players. Some of them have coached their parents. And the athletes on campus today are probably, as a whole, better than any group we've ever had. So whatever it is working between this generation and this generation, BYU's got to hope it stays together for a long, long time. And at least another year for Jeff Jenkins. Yes. Uh, and, and Jen, uh, on the Deep Blue podcast, it sounded like, who knows, she's been taking it year to year for a while now. Incredible year. We talked to her the other day at practice because yeah. they come into the indoor facility after football leaves. Yeah. And, and it's like she's 25 years old, excited about this roster. And we're like, this person's not hanging she's, it up. Yeah, she's not going away anymore. People love to win. These coaches like. win. Makes it fun. Keep it going. Uniforms have been selected for the alumni game. Uh, and they're going to go with the 1996 Royal and Navy throwbacks, posing the question, should they have brought the bibs back for the alumni game? Only one bib and for Rob Morris <laughs> and Kevin Federick. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Some of these guys are so old they should have bibs. <laughs> you know, the uniform bibs. Oh, the uniforms, But they're yeah, not coming yeah. back. Oh, they're, I, they're our age. I they're thought, my age. You're I, still young. Yeah, I, I thought you meant something. It's going to be a great meeting of the minds. Uh, so we'll have Royal and Navy on the field. And, and I'll give you a teaser. They're using all 100 yards. Yeah. Yeah. The rules have no, come down is... to us. 100 yards will be involved. That means Nixon at some point is going to have to run back and forth. 53 yards, sideline to sideline. We'll see how that goes. It's going to be brutal. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. We want to have a fantasy draft tonight where we are going to have a, sna- uh, a snake draft. Mm-hmm. And the draft's not tonight. It's right now. Five players each. You can pick one quarterback. Yep. A TD pass um, is one point. A, uh, you know, uh, a pick is one point. Is that minus one point? Is that... And then uh, a TD received or rushed is two points. Okay. okay? You get the first pick yes. because it's your birthday. Okay. All right. I'll take it. I'll and, take it. And as co-host, you, uh, okay. I will go. So who do you pick first? Uh, I am going to take uh, one Maxwell Hall. Mm. Uh, Max Hall will be my number one overall pick in the BYU alumni game fantasy draft. Do you have to say every time, like very formally, like the second pick in the BYU football? No, I don't alumni- think so. Okay, I sweet. don't think so. Okay. Since you already picked a quarterback. Yes. And I'm going to pick Kevin. I'm going to save it to pick five because I want to get the best pos- other positional players. Oh, I possible. wonder how Does Kevin's going to feel that you're going to take him last. Kevin knows I like him. He doesn't know me. Um, I'm picking him fifth because I know he's going to be there. You can't take another yeah, quarterback. Yeah, there's two quarterbacks. Yeah, so I'm going to go right now and okay. go get Curtis Brown. I'm getting Curtis Brown, okay. who was the all-time leading rusher until Harvey Unga Took that from him. I, I like Curtis in this one. Okay, so you're going to go traditional and go first yes. pick running back. Yes. Next. Okay, next one as I look at the roster. Yes, because you get back-to-back with the snake. Who is going to work super hard, almost too hard in this game? Mitch Matthews. Mitch Matthews is going to go super hard. He's still fit. He's going to catch a couple of touchdown passes. I love Mitch as a receiver in this one. In, tonight, he could be. 
Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, I am going to select my first running back. And the guy I'm going to go to, it's a very easy decision for me. I'm going to go with one Harvey Unga. Ooh, that's a big pick going off the board. Harvey Unga, I, like, I, I expect I, he could have a big night tonight. He really could. I think Harvey is uh, going to just play it cool. He's not, he always plays he's it gonna, cool. He's and gonna he's going to rack up the stats. He's going to defer, and he's not going to do as much as you're hoping for. Okay, I well, love we'll, Harvey. We'll but see. I, I think he's going to defer. I think Harvey, he's going he's in like, maybe I'm with that mindset. Stats. But yeah. he's like, when he gets it, I was like, oh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> I'm going to show all these guys in the running back room that maybe doubted how good I was. I want to show them right now. This is the moment. Okay, All right, so back-to-back. Back. Yeah. Okay. This one, I'm actually excited about this pick because I think this could be one of those ones yeah. that really pays off for me. You have a lot of options here. Who you yes, with? I'm going to go with one, and I'm going to go wide receiver here. Okay. Aaron Roderick. Oh. Here's why. I would not have guessed Aaron going this high. Not just because he's a good receiver. Yeah. I think there's going to be – a conscious effort to get the current staff who are former players involved. Because they'll hook you up with swag maybe a few. And, look, you want to help out the offensive coordinator a little bit, you know. you gotta got to give him his due. He's out there calling plays during the year. Make him, make him feel good, get a couple passes away. So I'm going to go with Aaron Roderick as my number one wide receiver tonight. It's a terrible pick, let me tell you what. <laughs> wow. Because Aaron and Harvey are on the staff. They're not going to push it. They're going to just like let the other guys. They're already around BYU. They don't need this moment. Other guys are like, I am back, baby. But I think I'm scoring will, touchdowns. I think they will be, they will be um, blessed for being <laughs> on the staff. Therefore, they will be given some opportunities okay. to be able to shine. I'm not saying they can't. I just think they'll play it cool. Okay, that's fine. This, this is, this is uh, who wants to actually work hard tonight. Situation. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Fine. Okay. Fine. Fine. Uh, my, my the mocking s- of picks. <laughs> okay. I won't. They were terrible. My, my, <laughs> my next pick. I'm taking Cody Hoppin. I think, I think Cody Hoppin is going to keep it cool, but he's too good not to have a touchdown catch tonight. Okay. And then my next pick. I need a tight end. Mm-hmm. Okay. And obviously there's two names that stuck out here. It's just which one I go with. One of them's gonna be mad at me. <sighs> Sorry, Chad, I'm going to Tula Mealy. Oh wow. The Tula Mealy is back, baby. Chad was on this show yesterday talking yep. to you, and you're going to Tula Mealy. <laughs> yes. I lo- Sorry, Chad. You know you know Tula's good. I need to take a Tula. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to also take a tight end, okay. and I would have taken Chad Lewis first anyway. So I'm very, very happy Declaring intention. that I get to pick Chad Lewis with my fourth pick in tonight's BYU football alumni It's draft. a great pick. Yes. It really is. And I am hoping. Is Chad going to I'm go hoping hard? a hurdle. I'm hoping. He, he, he said, yeah, he said earlier to, yesterday, he's like, yeah, maybe working a hurdle. Look oh, at this. Look at this. Oh, Arkansas oh, yes. State, 96. I'm telling you. Let's go. I am feeling good oh. about Chad Lewis in this game. Play that play one more time. Roll it back. Here it is. Okay. Well, I've never noticed this before. Watch this. Okay. Not only does he hurdle the dude once. Watch what happens with the dude after. Okay. The dude gets hurdled. He gets up. Tries to tackle the dude again, like comes back. Nope, it was a different dude. He like jumped over another guy on the ground. <laughs> I've never noticed there was like a second mini hurdle. There. Mason Wake is like, it's what? A, it's like he's like it's it's a, it's what? kind of good. Okay, you have another pick. Who, All right, who you got? This one goes back to my rationale. Going to pick a kicker? Or? I, I'm not going to pick a kicker. Why are there kickers tonight? Are they actually going to kick field goals? 
I, I am actually curious to see how they handle the kicking duties. Like Johnny Linehan's but here. No, I What's not, he going to do? I, I'm, uh, sorry, Johnny, I'm not picking a kicker. They're going to punt? No, there's no way. They're going for it on fourth. My rationale for going with the former coaches stays put here. Plus, it's also to kind of brown nose the head coach. I was going to say, I feel like you're brown nosing the coaching bit. staff right now. I'm taking Kalani Satake. <laughs> because if you don't believe that the head coach of the football program is not going to be given some opportunities, you're fooling yourself. I don't think he wants to be a charity case here. <laughs> I'm not saying he is you know, a charity case. No, I'm not I'm just either. saying he's going to be able to showcase his skills with a Z. He's going to have the opportunity. Presented by fans. Nice. <laughs> okay. Um, it's now my final pick. I've got to have my quarterback, Kevin Federick. Okay. I'm excited about Kevin. He doesn't like you, he doesn't like you Kevin. He picked you last. Okay, story time. Uh, I've got it. Right. Oh, look at this. Crazy. Yeah, what uh, are you gonna- I've worn this before uh, on the show, but I have a Kevin Federick uh, jersey here. This is, I've owned this since uh, high school. Because Kevin was uh, my guy. When what do you think about the tan? Um, love it. This is actually from the Motor City Bowl. I, now, I think this was the backup uh, jersey he had. Because in the Motor City Bowl, he was on the ground a lot. He was very <laughs> frustrated. It was, it was a frustrating game for Kevin and the Cougs. So I'm pretty sure that it wasn't washed to that point. But, yeah, I got some tan. I got old school logo here, Mountain West. And, and he then, signed it. Then the then the signature. He signed it. So tonight, I think I need to get him either to write exactly over it again, or just sign it twice. I've this is twenty four years in the making. If my math is right, and it is, I didn't take a math class to be away. Just have again, so, math live on the air. Kevin Federick's my guy, dude. All right, Kevin Federick's my guy. Let's okay, go. So we have, we have two more other things we got to get to really quick. Yeah. Who wins the game? Royal. Okay, I, got, I, I also have Royal. I don't really care who wins, and it's going to be fun, but. I think, I, th- it's a, I think Royal wins. I think it's a tortoise in the hair type situation. I think Navy, <laughs> with more of the younger players, comes out early. But then the slow and steady pace of the Royal, Dude, they win. Max Hall is going to uh, light us up later because <laughs> we picked against him. And then who's the MVP? Look, again, I'm going with uh, Kalani Satake. I'm going to take Kalani Satake as Kalani? the MVP. Okay. Um, yeah, Kalani's a great pick. Because if he gets a couple touchdowns here, it's just, again, this is a how hard do you want to play? All right. Oh, we have video of Kalani getting ready for this. Ooh, what is this? Look at that. Oh, the old thirty-four is being done. He's getting. He's getting ready. He knows he's going to be getting some touches tonight. Listen, now if this was in, you know, like seven months, he'd have that new dad strength. <laughs> but you know, he's got that kind of oh. <laughs> So he's got the jersey. I love that they made these uh, these custom jerseys for the guys. This that is, is cool. really, really cool. Already cashing them Big 12 checks. That's awesome. Uh, I've got Kevin Federick as my MVP. My guy, Kevin Federick, is going to uh, lead Royal to victory tonight. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week. Here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. I need the blue goggles for this. All right, let's see if I can do another good slide. Oh, oh, not as good. That's all right. That was kind of a a seven and six slide. Let's embrace a blue goggle topic right out of the gate. Let's go. This program, BYU Football, has won a national championship, a Heisman Trophy, among many other amazing accomplishments. In this, the modern era of BYU Football, the New Year's Six, and within that, the playoff era, and making a New Year's Six game, is the next step. So, Shep. Is BYU's best chance at that this season with this schedule as an independent or sometime in the future in the Big 12? 
it's an interesting conversation to have because right now I'm not 100% sure I know the answer to it. And the reason why is because there's still so many unknowns about the Big 12. Yes. The one thing that you do know going in that BYU does not have at its disposal right now is the automatic berth by winning your conference championship. So you have you, you immediately go into a conference where you know if you win the conference, you're going to play in at least a New Year's Six game. So for that reason, you would say, well, of course, it's going into the Big 12. But right now, the unknowns that we don't have in terms of what this looks like for BYU is what's the division going to look like? Who's BYU going to face on a yearly basis? Who are they going to face more than than another team. So you don't really know what type of competition year in and year out you're going to have. So I think as of today, right now I'm going to lean towards this upcoming season because we know more about it. We know more about what the team is that will actually be playing this schedule. We know that the offense should be very, very good. We know that they have a quarterback that is a proven quarterback at the collegiate level and has certainly has aspirations of playing in the NFL. In a so, year. In a year. So we know that the offense, what it can do. We know that with a healthy defense, what is possible with this team. We know what they were able to do last year with a lot, with a lot of guys playing, coming into backup roles, playing significant time. So I think we know more about it now. And then when you look at the schedule, this schedule, I think. I thought it was schedule until just right it now. It is schedule. I had no idea. It is, it is schedule. I think you, you start out South Florida. Baylor, that's, that's a massive game in week two. I wish two. Baylor Romney could play against Baylor. Baylor you know against saying? Baylor. Come on. At Oregon, which is never easy to go to Autzen Stadium, but Wyoming. You have Utah State at home. The game at Notre Dame or versus Notre Dame in Vegas will be huge. Arkansas. You have enough teams on here that you're going to be given credit for playing them, but you also have games East Carolina in Provo, Utah Tech. Live on BYU Live TV. on BYU TV. There's a, there's a chance to get the win. So I think right now, because I know more about what this team will be this year, I will say this year's chances are better. I'll add the uh, – uh, and I agree with you. It's hard to know exactly what the Big 12 is going to be like right now. We don't <laughs> – I'll add – we don't even know if it's eight or nine games. Right. We yeah, had Bob Bolsby in here, the commissioner of the Big 12. He said he would prefer nine. So those are all uh, up in the air. Let me argue for the Big 12 era. Because I, I feel you on this year. I think there's, uh, BYU has a chance, should it be uber successful. You have to have zero or one losses. Right. There's, yes. BYU cannot go beyond one loss. Yes. Here's my argument for the Big 12 era. Yes, it's going to be hard year in, year out to play that amount of P5s. Granted, okay, BYU plays four this year. I would argue that Boise State is P5 equivalent, right? Uh, sorry, BYU plays five uh, plus Boise State six. So you're only like three off there. But still, that's a significant add. In the Big 12... If you are a two-loss team, you have a pretty good shot at a New Year's Six. Right. If you're a two-loss team as an independent this year, you're, you're, you don't have a good shot. You're, da- you're out. You're out. You're out. Last year, this last year, the chips fell to where BYU was actually pretty close with two losses. Normally, that's not the case as an independent in this situation. BYU had to have seven P5s and, uh, you know, just to, just to kind of hang and went six and one, but still wasn't, wasn't in, right? Uh, maybe if Oklahoma State stops Baylor at the goal line. In the Big 12 title game, maybe he actually gets in. I'm not sure. But this team was banged up uh, you know, against UAB. We, I don't think we wanted that team to roll out in a New Year's Six game and play a way better team. Just pointing that out, too. But I think in the Big 12, the margin for error is larger. Sure. But also, it's just tougher overall. Right. So, and, and we hope that BYU is in the Big 12 for the foreseeable future. Like, until Jesus comes back, we hope BYU is in that league, right? So there's going to be a long amount of time to be able to – 
amp up to that. Texas and Oklahoma lose. Not really worried about Texas. Independent BYU took care of Texas a couple times, two out of three times, right? It's Oklahoma that would have been tough. They're going to leave. Who's who's the clear alpha in the league? I don't know. Oklahoma State. Like it's there's going to be it'll be more Pac-12 ish than we think. Where hey, if you can get through this relatively unscathed, get to the Big 12 title game and win, you're in, baby. And if you're the second team and you have two losses, maybe even three, depends on the year. And if they expand the playoff to 12 teams, the New York Six is essentially 12 teams right now. Uh, then you got a shot. So I, I'm thinking it's probably in the Big 12. One of the things, and we actually touched on this a little bit yesterday, another thing that I, I think at least potentially helps BYU this year with its argument is we've seen teams in BYU's situation. I think Cincinnati's a perfect example of this. It takes a couple of years to get on people's radar, and, it's, and the committee's going to say— And the window's short. Yes, and they're, they're not going to put you in the first time if you're close. But if they see a pattern— Eventually, there's going to come a point where you, point. your, your yep. resume cannot be ignored. And BYU, if they put themselves in a situation where they're in the running again, this is now would be three years in a row where they've been knocking on that door. Yes. Now, granted, I'm not sure that I anticipate the NCAA or any committee ever giving BYU the benefit of the doubt. That's your, your <laughs> but, tinfoil hat but what But what I'm saying is I think you've now shown a proven track record that they can't ignore, and it's like okay, With they, the last two years. Yeah, well, the last this. If they do it this year, it would be three years. Yes, where you're you're knocking on that door, and I yes. think maybe then at that yep. point That's they're like, point. okay, they've proven themselves, and maybe you do get more of a benefit of the doubt than you would otherwise. I love and hate that. Let me tell you why. I love it because it's true. Yeah, uh, Cincinnati had to uh, you know do this two years in a row to yep. get into the playoff. Yep. Boise State had to do it a couple years in a row to get. You know, uh, and they're undefeated. You're going to reward them. But ask Marshall and uh, who is who is the other one? Uh, Tulane, who went undefeated early on in the '90s. They didn't get the shot. Right. But late, you know, later, um, other teams like Boise State and TCU from the outside got got the shot. We always the team on the outside for one more year. Yet, I hate that. If the answer truly is this year, it's like, well, what's the point in the next era right. of BYU football? The point is to get the point is to get to a New Year's Six game. I would love for BYU to win the Big 12 at some point. That feels super hard. To be the second-best team in that league, obviously, is easier than being the first, the best team. Ask Utah. It took 11 years to actually get right. to the Rose Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. To actually go to one of those games as a member of a Power 5 league. It takes time. Like, will BYU do it faster than 11 years? It might be a minute. But this we know. Ralph Sokolowski knows numbers. <laughs> and he has crunched some numbers relative to years ending in two. This just in, it's 2022, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has averaged 7.4 wins. This is the last 50 years. In years ending in two. Yeah. That's, it's not going to be seven or eight wins this year. In, in years, it, it's going to be hopefully not. We looked, he had yesterday inning in one, one inning was in like three. Ten like, wins. like one and three were really, really good. And then, well, I like that next year in the Big 12. In, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, 2, 7.4. Well, I'm trying to think. 82, 8 and 4. 92 was a good year, but it was like a like a 9 and 4, 8 and 5 kind of year. I can't remember exactly. Again, going back 02, 50 years. 02 was a losing record. 12 was an 8 and 5 year. Yeah. So it, it this, makes sense. This will be the best year ending in 2 in the last 50 years. I promise. I, lo- this, I love, this, I love this, the optimism. This team is too good. To be in that category right there. Right? Right here. This that sucks.
An alumni night to remember. BYU football just did a fantastic job from the start with those commitment posts on all of the social media accounts to the final play in the Hail Mary. Max Hall finding Brian Keel for his first BYU touchdown, by the way. If you missed that in his interview, he pointed that out very quickly. It just was it was a it was a touchdown from uh, an a wide-angle perspective, Jason. You could not have done it any better. Social media response was super positive. There were so many beneficial parts to that alumni game. So let's start there. In your opinion, what was the most important and beneficial part of the BYU football alumni game experience in 2022? You know, there were so many things like you pointed out, but the one thing that immediately stands out to me was how positive it was on every level. And I'm talking social media. I did not see one person either who was involved in it from an on-the-field standpoint, from a behind-the-scenes standpoint, fans that were in attendance that did not rave about the experience. Everybody to a man said it was unbelievable and they cannot wait for it to happen again. I think also what it really stood out to me beyond any – look, and we will always remember – the Hail Mary, the touchdown at the end. That's a play that you'll always remember from that alumni game. But I think we'll also remember the feeling that it was to have that group of former Cougars back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, being able to experience that again. It was just the overall experience that I'll remember. And and look, as I was watching some of the, the interviews as we're getting ready for the show, I kept thinking to myself, you know what? For a lot of these players, this is probably the first time, if they have kids, that their kids saw them actually playing at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They've probably heard the stories, like, oh, I did this and this. But for, for the players to be able to share that with their families, who, you know, the younger kids that now can really appreciate it, what a great experience for the players to be able to have that with their families. It was like the BYU football celebrity yes. classic. Great, great analogy. Great. Right? It just felt like the celebrity classic. And Jason, let me amen all of your points. It's hard to go wrong here because there were so many beneficial parts to this about growing BYU football and the culture yeah. involved there. And more importantly, the culture of inclusion that was featured last night. In fact, let's hear from BYU head football coach Kalani Satake on what this event meant to him and the team and the future of the program. It's good to see everybody back here. It doesn't matter whether you played for Coach Edwards, Coach Croton, or, or Coach Mendenhall, or myself. It's good to have everyone back there. We're all part of the family, and it's, it's been nice seeing all the, all the familiar faces that we've seen make a lot of plays on this, on this field here. What you don't know, unless you were watching the entirety of the broadcast last night and you heard some of the players, and I even asked Kalani about it in my halftime interview, was the closed-door conversation that took place earlier in the afternoon. And there were no cameras there. There were no recordings. Kalani invited every single member of that BYU football family and the alumni group that were all going to be on the field that night and current players into the team room and held a super emotional welcome-back message type of meeting and I mean there were tears shed it was it was very emotional I mean even David Nixon said look I'm not a big crier but I like teared up twice within the meeting and it just it was like this long family reunion finally come together and and, you know if we're being completely honest like it hasn't been that way It, it wasn't that way for the better part of a decade of like just being inclusive and inviting everyone back and so I love how Kalani phrased that Jason when he said doesn't matter who you played for, whether it were Lavelle, Gary Croton, Bronco Mendenhall, or me. 
everybody is part of this BYU football family, and we need to build that relationship. And so it's just the inclusion there and what that's going to do for BYU's alumni base and boosters and the direction of the program as BYU goes into the Big 12 is I don't think it can be understated. It was really important for this to happen and this tradition to be started. And you know who also pays attention to that? Beyond the current players and former players that are there, it could be future players. Future players that, because uh, it's my understanding that there were some recruits that were there that were taking that in as well. You don't, you can't tell me that you don't see that. And oh, okay, I saw this. This is what this program is all about. It's about not just this team that that maybe I will be on. It's about the legacy of everything that's happened here in Provo for BYU football. And I think that resonates with people. And I think that's why fans and former players want to come back, and they're coming back in droves to be a part of this program, is because it is, you do feel like a family. And we hear, we hear the term of the brotherhood. That's what it is. And, and everybody wants to be a part of that. Yeah, Kalani Satake did not mince words. He basically said, look, we need all of you. We need you to be part of this program as BYU transitions into brand new territory. I mean, they are explorers now going into the frontier that they have never experienced of a power five conference and they need everybody involved and i love think about this it was 52 degrees it rained it was cold and then it dipped into the 40s there were 7500 fans estimated at lavelle edwards stadium on march 31st in cold temperatures watching all of this unfold in person on the field 7500 on a weeknight for a spring football game alumni game that in the big picture doesn't matter because it doesn't count against records and things like that. Unbelievable turnout by the fans. And then, as you mentioned, the social media response, there were so many people watching live on the BYU TV app that said, look, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, just from all the messages I saw, could not wipe the smile off my yeah. face. It was hilarious. And it was so gratifying to see all of those celebrities within right. BYU football in the same place at one time. Every picture had a story and a smile. It just, you could not have done it any better. Well, and if you've been following BYU football, football for a long time, it's fun to be able to look down and say, oh, I remember when he did this. And you kind of get that trip down memory lane on your own fandom and who you saw and who you rooted for and to be able to see them there. Look, and there are probably some alumni that, that weren't a part of it. They're like, oh, next year, I'm definitely in. Yes. Or there may be fans like, man, I really didn't think it was going to be as big as it was, so I decided not to go. Oh, I won't make that mistake next time. The boosters, the alumni, the Cougar Club, us, media, fans, we're all bought in. We were all bought in last night and now even more bought in because of that effort by Kalani Satake, Jack DeMooney, all of those guys. I mean, just it was a touchdown of an event. It was a great celebration of BYU football. Yes. And I love that Christopher Brooks, a new running back from B- from California, said, uh, yeah, someone said, hey, there are, he's experiencing more fans than he ever had in an actual game when he played at Cal. And he quote tweeted that said, LOL, true. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to BYU football, Christopher Brooks. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. David Nixon is here. He's going to play in the game. Now, what went into this decision to commit to play in this game? I'll answer that with another question. 
what am I doing? <laughs> I mean, what, what, what am I We've doing? We've wondered that for some time. <laughs> uh, you know what? David Almodovar reached out and said, hey, you want to play in this? And at first I was like, yeah, just, you know, a little game. And all of a sudden it started to gain a little bit of momentum, a little bit of steam. All of a sudden people are posting these pictures of, yeah. of committed. I'm like, wait, this is getting a little serious. Uh, videos have now since surfaced of <laughs> my quarterback on my team, Max. He's uh, doing drills He's with ready. Ty Detmer. He's, He's ready. ready. Pretty good. So naturally, uh, you know, this morning I put on some cleats, went over to Corner Canyon High School where, you know, I live right by there, ran some drills, and I don't think I'm ready, but I will be there. <laughs> I will be there, and I will be ready to play. But you and Keel coach your boys' little league team. Yeah. Have they given you any advice for this one? Uh, they'll be there. I, our kids will be there. <laughs> yeah. um, so I might have to tap out and have my little boy come in and play for me because he's a lot better at uh, – one hand, two hand touch than I am. But it, yeah, I was gonna say it's one hand touch. Yeah, one hand touch. It, what it is is gonna be. Um, it might be completely unnecessary, but it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> it, it could be. Like, this could be a one and done type experiment. Uh, <laughs> but uh, listen, uh, for me, it's always fun to get together at these alumni days because beyond just the game, it's an alumni day for all the alumni to come back. And there's some of us that are playing in the game that are that are not as intelligent as the others. Um, but uh, it'll be fun. It's always fun to see the guys, and, and whether you play with them or whether they were years before you. It's, we talk about, right, the Bob, Band of Brothers, this brotherhood that, that BYU football has. And it's fun to welcome these, these kids that just finished these last few years into that brotherhood as well. Um, so it'll be a fun day all around. I think, uh, I think we can – it's not confirmed, but Provo City is called uh, Payson, Springville, Spanish Fork, American Fork, and PG. Every ambulance that will be available <laughs> in Utah Valley will be outside Lavelle Edwards Stadium yeah, on Thursday night. I'm telling you, I, I went and worked out this morning, and I, I did a long stretch of the hammies. I mean, the, the hammies are good. It's the rest of the body. We'll see about the hip flexors. Those, those might be the next things to go. Okay, some news just broke from Adam Schefter. The Saints are signing Andy Dalton to a one-year deal worth $6 million, including $3 million guaranteed. Let's talk about Taysom now. Yeah. So, obviously, Dennis Allen says, ah, he's going to focus on tight end. I, I made the uh, comparison to stepdad Sean Payton really liked Taysom as a stepson, right? Um, what, is it, what does this mean for Taysom in the quarterback situation, in your opinion? Obviously, with Jameis, and now they're signing Andy. It feels like... Dennis Allen's going away from Taysom as a quarterback? Yeah, I'll say it's a pretty fluid situation. Um, and, you know, having talked to Taysom, I think he's taking it all in stride right now. Listen, this is a guy who has, has played every position. I mean, it's, not, it's like this is something new for him. Uh, he's been a, the most selfless player out there. He's put his body mm-hmm. at risk. Uh, but then the day, his stats don't lie. Seven and two as a starter. I don't know what else you, you want. Two of those wins being against your – three of those wins being against your divisional opponent, the, the Falcons. And so – He's, he's done what they've asked him to do. Obviously, you get a new head coach coming in, and he wants to you know, go a different direction. Uh, but I think Taysom will be ready to, whether it's tied in, whether it's running back, whether it is to come in and play more quarterback. I know that's not off the table. Um, but as of right now, yeah, it sounds like he wants to put him in the tight end position. Taysom will learn that position. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, as you mentioned, uh, we'd heard maybe some rumblings of this happening with Dalton, and there it is announced. And so I think right now there's a lot of stuff going on that he's kind of just trying to sort through it all. I think the Dalton signing screams the fact that uh, Winston is coming off an ACL and Taysom's coming off a of Liz Frank, and he's getting evaluated even this week. I saw him in a boot playing golf the other day, and then we saw him at Pro Day without a boot on. Uh, he is getting better, but if, if the Saints have uh, minicamp next week, it looks like the only quarterback will be Andy Dalton that yeah. they signed today because neither are ready to go. Yeah, I think they still got Ian Book, who was a four-stringer that played a little bit as yep. well. But, uh, you know, they lost Trevor Simeon in the offseason. Um, in fact, I think he went with the Bears. So this is a little swap between Dalton, swap. Mm. Sw- Dalton and Simeon. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, Taysom's under contract. His foot has come along really well. Um, in fact, he's out there with the doctors uh, right now getting his foot looked at. So um, I think he's on target. He's progressing well. 
Um, and, you know, that's the whole point of this offseason. He knows the offense. The, the offense coordinator didn't change, even though the head coach did change. Um, and so he's familiar with the offense. It's not like he needs to be there to get reps. He's had plenty of reps. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just, a, it's, like I said, it's a very fluid situation. So I, I think even he's kind of looking to see what, what's happening. But ultimately, he still wants to be a quarterback. And, I, and I, he's proven that he can be a quarterback. Um, you know, the, the Saints are signing other quarterbacks that, that maybe say differently. But we'll see how it all plays out. It solidifies the two most powerful words in, in all of professional sports. Guaranteed money. Yeah. <laughs> and this, uh, it, well, it's funny, yes, too, it right? Tayson signed that contract before his injury as well. And so you think about the timing of that. And and that's why agents, if if talks start, they jump on those fast because Mm -hmm. you never know with injuries what's going to happen. So, yeah, Tayson could not have timed his contract any better than he did. Uh, And, uh, you know, he's he's pretty set up in that way. I think there's some uh, Jimmer Fredette analogy with Taysom here. I think that we wanted something so bad for Jimmer that we didn't appreciate just who or what he was in a certain space. So Taysom, yes, we want him to be the successful starting quarterback in the NFL. May, I think his legacy will be that he was so versatile. And I, I said, I don't think he has a shot at the Hall of, Pro Football Hall of Fame as an NFL quarterback, but as a gadget guy, as a Swiss Army knife, which we almost it almost feels like it's uh, you know, something. Yes, yeah. yes. No, he's he, – I said Tim Tebow wishes he was Taysom Hill. You know what I mean? Yeah. That in the end, his legacy will be how his versatility, and we should appreciate that, not – Keep, keep scratching it, maybe something that isn't under his control, which is to be an NFL starter. Well, and it's something that listen, all his players, all his teammates respect him for it. I've heard stories of him going and playing other teams and big-time stars come up to him and say, hey, I love, love what you do, right? I mean, nobody in the league can do what Taysom does. Right. Has and, anybody ever done it? I don't think so, and, right? And I think that's what's so unique about him. Like you said, that's something maybe he'll go down history for is the fact that you're able to play all those positions and excel at all those positions, score touchdowns all those positions, and something that no other player has been able to do, including special teams. I mean, you look back at his career and everything he's done, and that just goes to point – once again, I go back to what I said initially – He's a selfless player, and, and he'll yes. do whatever, whatever he has to do for this team. And if that means playing tight end, he'll do it. I mean, I, I know he wants to play quarterback, but he's swallowed his pride before, and he'll do it again. And the magic of, of Taysom, and, and we all follow football. I can't tell you the quarterbacks for half the teams uh, as they sit right now in the NFL. But every football fan, every NFL football fan knows who Taysom Hill is. Well, and, and for us, it's always fun because I go to a lot of the games there. It's a Superdome. And I'm telling you, every year and every game we go to, there's more and more number seven jerseys walking around. And, and the fans absolutely love him there because they see his passion. They see the, the, what he brings to the table and the spark that he brings. I remember uh, against the Bears, the playoff game, he came in uh, was a couple years ago. And the, the whole arena was dead. You know, they were losing. He comes in and all of a sudden just rouses off Deep a couple balls. passes, a couple yeah. big runs, and all of a sudden just sparked his energy into this team. And that's what he does. I mean, and, and that's why I think his teammates rally around him as well, and they respect him because they realize how hard it is to do that, how hard it is to line up a tight end, down block on some of the best defensive ends in the whole NFL, and all of a sudden go back and be a quarterback and throw a bomb 60 <laughs> yards. I mean, and that's stay, And stay in the game when you punt and go down and make the tackle. And if the team scores, you get to return the kickoff. It's unbelievable, and, and, and that's why I almost wonder at what point do we – it feels like when you, when you, you know, think less of this idea that it's, you know, it's, it's not working out. It's okay to appreciate someone for who they actually are. Like, if we just sat here and, and diagrammed Jimmer's NBA career, it's like, eh, it wasn't what – he was a tremendous player who didn't play in the NBA. That's okay. Scoring 70-plus in China multiple times, college basketball Hall of Famer in the future. Like, that's awesome. Uh, let's appreciate who he is, not what we want him to be that he may not be. That's okay. Well, and, and who knows if this is, you know, if it takes him, it does go to tight end. 
you guys alluded to it earlier with Sean Payton and you know Tatesman Sean are, are are good friends. I, I know they text. Yeah, the, I, there might be an opportunity down the road for for him to go join a team if, if Sean joins a team if Sean right. comes back retirement. So who knows if this is the end, right? This is just now. It's like, hey, get in there now, do what you need to do now. And maybe there are injuries. Maybe Winston doesn't come back. Maybe Andy Dalton gets deemed up or doesn't play well. I mean, Taysom's yep. been there, done that. They know what they have in Taysom as a quarterback. Uh, so now they're, I think they're trying to find ways to get him on the field because he is so effective. Don't you think Robert and I somewhere is thinking, why didn't I do that? <laughs> I just ran him to death. I could have thrown him passes. We could have had him on special teams. We could have had him play all Christian 11 Christian Stewart's positions. like, yes, I could have thrown more. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Put me in. <laughs> No, I think it was used effectively. It's great. Let's talk linebackers. So, obviously, Peyton Wilgar and Keenan Peely are sitting out in the spring, getting ready to be healthy this fall. Those are two really solid guys. Ben Bywater got a ton of run as a walk-on, played pretty effectively at times, right? Max Tooley, uh, a solid guy as well. What do you think of that group? I, I still think they're strong. I go back to last year uh, before the season started, and I thought they were one of the lo- stronger linebacker corps uh, in, in, in college football. Uh, injuries, they, they, obviously the injury bug at BYU. And, and there's, there's one thing we learned from last year, especially with the linebackers, you got to have depth. And I think that's what they're working on right now with spring is getting that depth built up be, behind these backers in case one does go down with injury. Obviously, we hope not. Um, but, I, you know, you bring all these guys back, and, yes, they are coming off some injuries and, and some dings, which always happens with every football season. Uh, but I love, I mean, look at down below the games that were played and uh, Ben Bywater coming off as a freshman and, and what he's able to do. Peyton Wilgar, who I, I think his instincts are unmatched. Uh, and then, of course, Peely, the way that he's able to swarm to the ball and he's able to track the ball, um, assuming he comes back all healthy. I'm excited for this BOE team. But, but with this schedule, they've got to create depth. I mean, you, you have to be able to rotate guys in, especially with how this defense rotates guys yes. in. We've seen how much they rotate in, which, by the way, I don't know how much I agree with that. Brian Kill and I talk about this all the time. If we had to rotate in that much, I would. I don't know. I don't You'd know have been exhausted done. by the time he gets <laughs> I, to the huddle. I don't. I don't get it. I, I. I prefer just to stay on the field and maybe tap out every once in a while. But you know, they have a different philosophy and it's working for him. If so. these three and I talked to Wilgar at uh, pro day and he said both he and Keeley are, are or Peely are way ahead of their uh, health comeback and they're going to be cleared here shortly. Full camp, ready to go against South Florida. But Bywater, uh, who's Huge. This this offseason has been great for him. But Will Garpeli and Bywater, they stay healthy. Uh, how about that trio and how it stacks up against trios like you had and some of the great ones at school? Yeah, I, I think you go back to if they stay healthy, right? I mean, this is a squad. I will say this. These teams during Independence, especially this coming year, are playing schedules much more difficult than we did. The, the, the grind from week to week, you just don't have the breaks in there like we did to, to all of a sudden be done by halftime, right? Or the third quarter, we're sitting out the fourth. These guys are having to grind through a whole game. So uh, it makes it tough. But I, to your point, legacy-wise, um, you know, they're, they're playmakers. I mean, these guys have bona fide speed. They can run from sideline to sideline. So I, I love everything about this core. They just, man, they just got to stay healthy. And that's the biggest thing because we saw BYU at the end of the year last year. You're down to second, third. We had walk-ons playing and starting at linebacker. And so uh, health is, is the number one thing. And, and that's why – yeah, no reason to rush them back. They, they've had plenty enough game reps. They've, they know the defense. No reason to rush them back. Give them some time uh, and get them ready for uh, fall ball. How many passes are you going to pick off from Kevin Federick on Thursday? Mm. Listen, I, I'm not going for interceptions or tackles. I'm going for just but pure. There is no tackling. If this ruins my golf game moving <laughs> forward, if, I, if something happens and I can't golf the rest of the summer, I'll be very frustrated. So I'm just trying to preserve my health. Oh, yeah. That's take, a win. That's a net win at the end of the day. Take it easy. Yeah. yeah. The best ability take it easy. is availability. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation.
The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Okay, this begins the big game boomer portion of our show. Uh, BYU is ranked 21st in big game boomers top 25 football programs of all time. Okay. Too high, too low, or just right? Above Utah, so just right. Uh, I, I By think, the way, Utah's not in this. Yeah. Uh, I think 21st is a good spot. I, I, I do. Yeah. I okay, think so you're going to go just spot. right. Yeah, I think so. Give me my porridge. There, okay, I, I'm not going to argue. If you're in the top 25 of football programs all time, can you, can you nitpick something? Like, Probably. Like, but look, like, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, I'm know. not going to complain that they're in the top 25. So I'm, I'm like you. I'm just right. I'm like, fine with it. Like, should BYU be above Georgia Tech? Like, they had some really good programs and uh, teams in the past. Some of BYU's greatest teams, obviously, were mostly in the yeah. past. Look, like I said, if you could sit and dissect Michigan it, State. But I'm, I'm going to be fine that they're in the top 25 right now. Ahead of Wisconsin. Definitely ahead of UCLA. Hasn't done jack squat in a long time. Okay. <laughs> just a long time. Austin Collie is 79th on Big Game Boomer's best receivers of all time. Is he the best BYU receiver ever? To me, he is, yes. I, I, I think he's the guy that set the standard. And that's until somebody comes along yes. that, that is better than him, he, watch, he watch will this, be that guy. Watch the stiff arm. Three, two, one, and stiff. Nice. Uh, let me quantify how great Austin Collie is. He is the following in the three big categories as a receiver, despite not playing a senior year. He's third in catches, 45 behind Cody Hoffman. Second in yards, 357, and second in touchdowns, three. You don't think if this guy played one year, he could have double or triple all those numbers? Oh, I know. Except for the 45 catches, he had, you know, like 90. He would have numbers that would be really hard to beat. Okay. He's the GOAT. Yep. I have Cody Hoffman number two on my list. I love Cody as well. All Fan- right. Fantastic. More from Big Game Boomer. He uh, asked for the worst encounters with different college fan bases. I think you can so, probably see where this is going. so good. Uh, Tyler Farrell, or Pharrell, uh, tweeted out. That, that tattoo coop. Yeah. Uh, tweeted out that at a Utah game, a fan threw a rotisserie <laughs> chicken at him when walking to a what? game at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Classic Ute move. Then last year, Kalani said uh, Georgia Southern fans were throwing burritos at them at the sideline. So what are they, begs, Jack Black? So it, it begs the question, Jerem. Would you rather have somebody throw you a rotisserie chicken or a, a burrito at you? Which I one are you? I don't think they're throwing it throwing it to me. They're throwing it at me, sure, right? Yes. I, okay, once upon a time, my uh, big Cougar fan, Uncle Connell, was a Utah student. Okay. And huge BYU fan. He was at the U. I don't know why. Um, but I, and I went to the game with him, 98. You know who the quarterback was in that game? Kevin Federick, who we'll chat with in a few moments. In the student section there, I'm in BYU gear with like eight other people. I don't know what we're doing there. I would I would definitely not do this now. But they uh, they threw donuts at us. <laughs> One of the people in our group caught it and just ate it. And I thought, is that poison? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm like 15. Yeah. Like if you can catch it and it doesn't land on the yeah. ground, that's free food for you. Yes. Although it was thrown with malice. Do you really want to consume okay, so, that but energy? You haven't answered the question. Do you want the burrito thrown at you or the chicken? Both feel messy. Yes. Um, chicken, probably a little cleaner. The burrito, like, could split open. Right. Now you got beans and rice. And yeah. was ranch on it? Was it from Costa Vida or Cafe Rio? Like, what? What? Yeah. So probably a rotisserie chicken that was probably five bucks at Costco. Okay, this will not surprise you. Because I am so much about all that protein, I want that rotisserie you chicken. You want the chicken. Because I'm going to catch like it. nibbling on I'm going to yeah. catch it, and then I'm going to eat it. So that's what's happening. 
Feathers and all. I'm going to be like a catcher behind home plate, ready to catch that bad boy and then just devour it. All the BYU fans from like 80s and 90s is like, a tortilla? What are you talking about? We throw tortillas. <laughs> nice. It'd be a burrito. Very nice. BYU has four tight ends on Big Game Boomer. Again? Top Big Game Boomer. Just providing content on May 30, March 31st. It's not make way yet. Top 100 tight ends of all time. Is BYU tight end you? It's QBU. Is it also tight end you? Number two, Gordon Hudson. Rest in peace. Number 20, Chris Smith. Number 54, Tulamili. Number 68, he who shall not be named. By the way, did you did you hear the Max Hall interview when we said if we could entice Dennis to play, if we guaranteed he could tackle you? Yeah. Your thoughts? Would you would you allow Dennis no. to tackle you? No. Oh. I'm too shifty for Dennis. <laughs> okay. Those hips? Sure. You couldn't catch me with those hips? Is it tight end you? Uh, you can only be one you. We've had a lot of tight ends here, but we're quarterback you. That's what BYU is. It's quarterback you. That doesn't, that doesn't mean you can't have other great positions. We could also be linebacker you. We could have a lot of great linebackers that come out of the program. Yes. But, we're, but BYU is QBU. It's QBU. Yes, 100%. Although I love I love a good BYU tight end because yes. they've been amazing. Yes. And, and like there are, there are probably some other uh, you know fellas we could uh, consider on this list, but to have four on this list is pretty incredible. And Tula Mealy, Chad Lewis uh, you know, told us yesterday, we didn't. I actually shot that highlight that we just showed of Dennis. Kind of a shame that was used. I'm, I thought I, I thought I deleted all those highlights. Um, yeah, it's been amazing. Like the top ten tight ends of your history. It's like let's let's stack that up against right. almost anybody. Right. Let's go. All right. The U.S. qualified for the World Cup yesterday, which yeah. begins in November due to the scorching heat in uh, Qatar during the summer. I'm a Qatar pronunciator, uh, not cutter. cutter. Yes. I say Qatar. I say Qatar. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I'd like to go to this. I, I don't know if, if that's 100% accurate. I don't really care. We, we obviously don't Like, I'm never going to go there, so I... Accuracy point, is not a staple yeah. of this program. All of you know that. Okay, so here's the question. That's in November. Will you be more invested in football season or the World Cup by the time it starts? Does BYU have four-plus losses <laughs> at this point? If they don't, then it's... So I, listen, you and I know this. We can do both. Yes, there's we, you and I are dipping our toes in all kinds of pools here. Teams, yeah, like one track month. And November is one of the busiest months of the year. Yes, we have the basketball begins because men's and women's you, basketball. Because football, when you add the soccer, you add su- you sound super naive and old. <laughs> the basketball begins in November. What is it for you? Uh, football. Yeah, it's yeah. football. It, yeah. it will be football. It's always and football. I mean like American football. Yeah, but this is a volleyball school. And last but not least. Softball plays New Mexico in a doubleheader today. I, I don't know if you're aware of this. I, I better call, be aware. I'm calling. you're calling it. the games. What is your favorite memory of BYU New Mexico? There are so many. Um, I, I, this is probably a little recency bias, but I was able to call a grand slam hit by Jaron Hall at New Mexico. That's so, pretty cool. So that dude. was that's the memory that I'll stand. There, there's a lot of because of there's so much history between these two programs yes. in all these different sports. I mean, you have the hair pulling incident. It's a lot, a lot of that Crazy. stuff. And I think a lot of people may go that direction. But for me, being able to call a Jaron Hall Grand Slam in Albuquerque in a blowout victory for the Cougar baseball uh, team over the Lobos. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. Uh, it's got to be Jimmer 52 uh, in the semifinals of the 2011 Mountain West Conference Tournament. What a game. Not only does he set the single game scoring record, he sets the career record on the same play. Like, what in the world? You could not dial that up. Like, script writers could not make that up. That was amazing. He scored 52 with one freaking free throw, too. Unbelievable. Just, oh, it, was it was so good. It was amazing. It was fun. It was fun to sit and watch that in person and just, ah, oh, it was amazing.
Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Kevin Federick now joins us on the phone. Kevin, welcome to the program, and great to have you, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, great to be in town. I haven't been here in a couple of years, and uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to this evening. <laughs> yeah, it should be a lot of fun. It's been pumped up quite a bit. We're going to televise it tonight, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, it'll be the greatest one-hand touch broadcast on BYU TV <laughs> in history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, yeah, I, last thing I want to do is... Uh, be running and pull a hamstring or anything out there. So. Yeah, look, just it's all, all we ask, Kevin, is you do a lot of stretching before. That's really, that's yeah. really what we ask. And look, and you said that you haven't been back in a while. So we actually, before we even get into the game, we kind of want to catch up. What, what are you doing these days? Where do you live? All that good stuff. What's the family situation? Sure. So uh, yeah, I'm in Huntington Beach, uh, California. Um, I just uh, just had a son. He's ten months old. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't make it. He's a little sick, but. Uh, yeah, man, life is good these days. Uh, uh, I'm in the um, hospitality business, so we're, we do a lot of um, window treatments for uh, Holiday Inns and the Marriotts. So, yeah, keep them busy. Very nice. That's awesome, man. Um, I, I was showing everyone the Kevin Federick jersey I got in high school. My uh, high school basketball coach is Robbie Wasco's brother, John. So, actually, it was an auction, and I bought it. Uh, so, I've still got it from the Motor City Bowl, although it's pretty clean. Uh, so maybe I'll have to have you re-sign that. It's a signed one tonight. Would that be all right? Yeah, no problem. I'd gladly sign that. That'd be <laughs> sign awesome. That jersey for you. And then we're holding uh, the jersey you'll use tonight, uh, the Royal jersey. So we're going to give it all the good karma we've got. They actually, on the Royals, gave it the, uh, as we saw yesterday with Chad Lewis, kind of this, this old, the old block uh, Y with the black, uh, the black outline, shadowing. The trim. It's, yeah. kinda, it's pretty cool, man. Oh, really? Oh, great. Yeah, no, I have not seen the, uh, the uniforms yet. Uh, we have a whole... Uh, uh, deal going starting at 12 o'clock, meeting with the big boss, Kalani, and then uh, I, we're going to actually have a practice, believe it or not, and then, uh, <laughs> and then watch then watch the, the real players practice for an hour and a half and then go over to uh, Lavelle uh, Edwards Stadium and, and hopefully put on a good show. What was your reaction when they brought this up to you? I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to start training quickly. Uh, <laughs> I've been <laughs> – I've been throwing a football in about a year, so um, yeah, I'm just trying to go out there. Uh, obviously, I got a very good team behind me. There, they'll get open. I just gotta hopefully hit them, and uh, they'll make the plays. Do you feel obligated to get anybody the ball tonight, specifically? <laughs> well, obviously, the old school guy I definitely want to get Chad, Chad, and Atula a couple passes for sure, um, and then. Uh, yeah, I, I talked to Margin Hooks. I guess he's not coming in town. I was looking forward to throwing him a couple passes, but and then Aaron, and then uh, you know Aklani. Hopefully, he, you know, hopefully uh, we can run a draw and no one tackles him and get get a touchdown. <laughs> That's what we were thinking. At some point, okay. this is BYU. A draw is going to happen tonight for sure. Right? Also, Kevin, we we did a uh, a BYU alumni uh, fantasy football draft, and you literally mentioned <laughs> just everybody that I picked. You mentioned Chad Lewis. You mentioned uh, Roderick. You mentioned Kalani. I'm really going to mm-hmm. need you to come through for me tonight, Kevin. No problem. I, they need to come through for me. I can get them the ball, and hopefully they can make it happen. <laughs> is, there, nice. is there anybody that's going to be needy that you're going to ignore? Oh, geez. Um, 
Uh, like if you know, Rob Morris they, wants they, to play on offense, do you have to get him yeah, the ball? Exactly. He's probably in my ear trying to get him a a, a pass or something like that. But yeah, I, I got to talk to Rob. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he stays on defense. Are you hoping Chris Hale just shows up in the end zone randomly tonight? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that one of the greatest passes I'll never forget. Actually, absolutely hitting uh, hit him on that uh, play against uh, Washington. Uh, 1999 that was it. But yeah, if he's playing, that's fantastic. We need some speed. So that would be good. I don't think he is, but it'd be fun if he just showed up for you right at the end there. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. What is, that would be fantastic. What is the memory that you hold on to? Is, is there a specific play or a specific game that for you is the one you always go back to? Uh, you know, probably that uh, those first two uh, games that we got to be, you know, on the spotlight on ESPN Thursday Night Football back-to-back my senior year, uh, the first, uh, I guess, the Mountain West Conference, the first couple games of the Mountain West Conference, and we played Washington on Thursday, and then we played Colorado State on Thursday. And those are, uh, you know, everyone's watching games on Thursday night, so that was – those are, and fortunately, we, we did well. We, we won big and uh, kind of got everything rolling that year. It was great. That was that was an underrated year. I think people forget, and I wanted to ask you about this um, because you're eight and one. The only loss to Virginia in a shootout. Thomas Jones was incredible in that game. Um, Luke, young freshman Luke Staley was doing things. It was awesome. Um, you're eight and one. You're ranked fifteenth going into Wyoming, and then unfortunately, uh, it was a loss to Wyoming, Utah, and Marshall. That team was pretty good, and and I don't think we talk about ninety nine enough. Maybe. No, you're right. Yeah, exactly. We went to uh, Wyoming and. Uh... Uh, we had everything against us there. The flight, the flight uh, flying in was delayed. When we got in town, we had to stay at a truck stop. Um, we couldn't even get a regular hotel. We were literally in a truck stop because there was a big trial uh, going on in the town, and all the hotels were, were taken. And so we're at a truck stop trying to get ready to play, you know, a pretty big game where I think we were ranked 11 or 12th in the nation there. And uh, yeah, they they got us. They got us good. And then. Obviously, the next week we we lost to Utah and kind of, and then the bowl game. So yeah, it was kind of a a, bit, a bitter end, ending to my senior uh, senior season. But again, I mean, it was it, overall it was a fantastic year. Well, Kevin, we uh, look forward to tonight. It should be a lot of fun. Should be uh, serious at times, but mostly just easy. Who knows who takes it too seriously? But it's going to be fun to watch tonight, and we'll make sure we get you this jersey. Okay, no problem. I gladly sign it for you. Okay, Kevin Federick uh, joining us on BYU Sports Nation. Fun to catch up with Kevin. It's, it's fun to catch. And it's, it's, you know, for people that were around and, and following BYU football at that time, it's fun to be able to remember these yes. games and talk with these players. It's and you fun. forget he's top 10 in a bunch yeah. of categories. Yeah, like, it's, he's it's phenomenal. He's top 10 in BYU history, which is pretty That's why I got to do it. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. And I'm being told we have some formulating news. Run the breaking news sounder. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Wait, 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 wait. Is this, is this real? Seriously? Okay, we're being told... That the BYU Athletic Department, led by Tom Homo, because there was so much legitimate backlash from the Royal side about Max Hall crossing over the line of scrimmage when he threw the Hail Mary. Which he did. 
They're vacating the Wait, win what? by Navy. What? <laughs> Are you serious? Hey, Mooley at X underscore hams on Twitter pointed out on Twitter last night, line of scrimmage for all you casuals who thought Max Hall was over the line. Yeah, he's over it by like five yards. Look, he just stepped up in the pocket. <laughs> but seriously, like, Royal, come on. You're going to put up that much of a stink? You're going to file a formal complaint with Tom Holmo and BYU Athletics to vacate the win? So how do we take back what we saw then? We saw what happened. So now it doesn't count? Now now the Royal team wins the game? This is a Jack DeMooney thing. Really? I guarantee Jack DeMooney fronted this formal complaint. I'm just bothered now. It's, a, it's an alumni game. Wow. We'll revisit this later. All right. Jason, carry on. Okay. Well, apparently this next question is now somewhat moot because apparently it doesn't even, it doesn't even count. Uh, more impressive, the Hail Mary throw to win the game or the fact that there were no reported injuries? Well, I'm going to go with no reported injuries, Jason. That doesn't mean there weren't injuries. Yeah. Like how many injuries happened? That are being dealt with this morning. Yeah, there are a lot of people that probably <laughs> dealt with some, but they, you know, they didn't want to show it, the, the pain that they uh, were feeling. Uh, Brian Logan legitimately was walking around with a jar of pickle juice. <laughs> One of those jumbo ones you get from Costco. Yes, he caught a cramp. He was drinking actual pickle juice. Yeah. It was hilarious. It's, it's the no reporting of injuries because the over-under on handy pulls, I thought, regardless of what it was set at, I was always going yeah. to take the over. There were some guys that got up a little slow, but they weren't about to show that they were hurt in front of 7,500 fans and a live audience worldwide that were watching the, alum- the alumni game. No, it, this is all about no reported injuries. That's the most impressive thing. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez transfers from Puerto Rico to USA Volleyball. You can do that? Did he enter the, the transfer, transfer portal, portal yes. of international volleyball? Yes. <laughs> this is a major win for it's everywhere USA Volleyball in the transfer portal. Yes. Okay, so Taylor Sander was playing for and competing at a high level with Team USA, but now he's made the switch to indoor beach volleyball. Oh, sorry, from indoor to beach volleyball. How cool would it have been to watch both of those guys on the same team? It would have been amazing. Taylor and Gabby? A couple of former Cougars, both on Team USA? But it it almost feels right. It's just like a trade-off, right? All right, Taylor, go do your thing in beach volleyball. be amazing. But if we're going to leave, we're going to make sure we bring in another former Cougar. Yes. You've got to have that Cougar quota. How does Puerto Rico feel about this? Gabby, don't leave us. Hey, it's fine. It all works out for the United States. <laughs> it's all about Team USA. That's right. All right. This one, I, I love this question. Who would you like to see? Because my answer is, like, right out of the gate. Who would you like to see in the next alumni game that wasn't playing this year? Well, I want to see Ty Detmer come back and play. Like, if Kevin Federick can do this, I know Ty is about seven or eight years older than Kevin, I think, if I'm doing the math. Never do live math on the air. That would be about right. Okay. Even if it were a decade older than Kevin Federick, I want to see Ty come back and throw the ball around a little. Like, at least one series, right? Yeah. We'll see Ty do that. Um, and then, oh, man, this this is tough because there are so many great players. Like, I want Steve Young involved somehow, too. Yeah. Like, Steve and Ty. So, so Ty Detmer was the player that immediately came to my mind, but then all of a sudden I went, wait a minute. No. The one guy, sort of like the Holy Grail, if you could get this guy to come back. Okay. Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon. <laughs> Can you imagine Jim McMahon at the next alumni game? I don't care if he even participates, but just to have Being McMahon involved. involved, that would be the best. Bronco Mendenhall? <laughs> he didn't play for BYU. No, he did not. So I don't think he qualified. Or does he qualify? I don't know. Once you're in, once you're in are you in? Are the, can the coaches, just like if you're a coach but didn't play at BYU, can you play? That is an interesting question. We'll have to, to uh, decipher whether that is allowable from Jason 
uh, all you and Jack Demoni and Kalani Satake. Okay, we brought up a great question. All right, well, finally we ended this. Apparently, uh, there's a new jersey reveal happening, which is always exciting. Oh man, Ooh. is that Puka Nakua rocking the, the, tan the tan and navy numbers? And then look at the far right, the navy with the lighter tan. How do we feel about the return of Ooh. tan? Is this like a, I thought our days of tan were gone? Like a throwback thing? I'm I wonder not, how many I'm times not sure wear how this I this feel year. about this. What do you think? Like I like the wow. royal and white and the white and royal, the classic looks, but the navy with the tan. What, it, do you think less of me saying that I actually kind of like that you look? like the tan? No, 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 no but I kind of like the look on those jerseys. Oh, this doesn't make any sense. No, I agree with Dave Rose. This makes no sense. Like, there's been so much backlash against... Let's okay, show those first... one more time. Let's show those one more time if we can. Uh, okay, I'm okay with the navy and a little bit of tan there. I do not like the cream color with the navy numbers. I think those are just wrong. They should, they should be burned. It looks a little gray pouponish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with the navy and the tan. The tan numbers, but ah, the, mm. the tan primary color on the top is it's just foul. That's okay. foul, Jason. I, I'm 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 gonna no. I'm gonna say I don't hate it. I don't hate it. No, Jason, don't encourage this. What do you mean encourage this? It's happening. Ugh. Man, there was so much fun in the whip. It began weird and it ends weird. I don't know how to feel about all this. All right. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.